Welcome to JRoot Radio here on jrootradio.com. This is the Halakha Hour live on Wednesday afternoon at 2 o'clock at 2 p.m. The numbers to the station before we get to introduce the class, the numbers first of all to the station are 718-683-5858. The text line is 347-927-8398. We are here to talk about the Halakha and we're continuing in Hilchot Shabbat from the Benish High. And today, Baruch Hashem, we have Rav Nisim with us in the studio. And therefore, if anybody would like to call in, even in the middle of the class, you could call in and to ask your questions. And of course, if you want to ask any halakha questions off the air, you call in afterwards at 3 o'clock, Rezat Hashem. The best way to get your answers, your questions answered is by texting this way on the air or off the air. We'll decide when to, to answer them. And the number is 347 again, 347-927-8398. To listen to us, there are several ways. Number one is by going to the jrootradio.com website, and just exactly how we spelled it, jrootradio.com. There you can listen live. You can also watch us live. We're here with live streaming. <clears throat> the other way to listen is by calling in to the radio line, and that is 718-506-9099. With that, we will come to the class. The Halakha Hour, we discuss Halakhot, we work off the Benish High, and we bring it, we make it practical for our days. We also try to clarify the source of the Deen, and hopefully answer the more, more common questions by bringing in all the other opinions that are throughout. In the, <coughs> in the Halakhot that we're up to, we're up to Parashat Vayishlah. But before we get to the Parashat, I just wanted to make two announcements. Number one is, we switched the clock last week already. And therefore now we have the winter schedule and therefore we would like to announce that if anybody is around the neighborhood on Osho Parkway and Avenue U, we give this almost the same class of the Benish High, not the same one that we give on the radio, but the same style. There's a Benish High Halakha class we start to give every Lil Shabbat right after Shabbat. Now the Shabbat is very, very early. So what are you going to do home? You sit there and just wait around. So if you're one of those who has extra time and you want to spend it learning, especially learning Ilkhot Shabbat, we invite you to join us in the shul on 2108 Ocean Parkway. That's Avenue U and Ocean Parkway in the basement where we be we will have these halakhot. The debut of the uh, season will be this Shabbat, Parashat Vayera. The other announcement is that today's class is as well as to the people in Eretz Israel of the incident that happened this morning with the uh, terrorist attack, that this will also be a refuah to them. Back to the parasha. Parashat ve'yishlah. We're up to halakha bet. Halakha bet, but halakha alif we discussed last week, we're in the subject of dibur. Like we said last week, the pasuk says, and we say it by Kiddush, you have to call Shabbat as Oneg, you have to declare Shabbat as a day of pleasure. An honor of Hashem. You have to honor Shabbat. In which ways? There are three categories over here. All three of will be discussed, but we're focusing right now in the beginning part of this parasha on the concept of Vedaber Dabar, what one may speak on Shabbat. And we explained last week there are three parts of this. One is what you speak even to yourself, amongst yourself, even if you're standing by yourself, you like to talk to yourself, you like to look in the mirror and talk to yourself. There's you're still there's certain halakhot of what you're allowed to say to yourself. Number two is how you communicate to other people. And that is basically talking to your friends. What subjects could you speak about on Shabbat? And number three is what you tell the goy, what you're allowed to tell the goy on Shabbat, because that's also communicating, that's also words. Which words could you tell the goy and not? And those halakhot of Amir al-Akum, of one, what one could tell the goy on Shabbat, will be towards the end of the class. We're going to uh, dedicate a special subject for them. Right now, we're in halakha bit. Halakha bit, in order to really understand it, we need a little bit of a background. The Gemara says as follows. Vedaber dabar. Pasuk says, your words on Shabbat cannot be like the words on a weekday. That means you're restricted by what you say. So the Gemara says, Dibur asur. However, hirhur is mutar. Here's a kula. Here's a leniency. What you're allowed, there's things that you're allowed to speak about. And there's things that you're not allowed to speak about. Even that which you're not allowed to speak about, 
It's only when you express them, when you bring the thoughts to expression, you're speaking them, they're coming out of your mouth. However, hirhur, thinking about it, is mutar. That means to think things that maybe you're not allowed to say, that's permitted on Shabbat. But this halakha is not so simple. Bain Nishai brings this halakha at the end of the parasha, so therefore we're going to jump a little bit to the end of the parasha. We're going to go a little bit out of order, so if you're following us in the book, you go to the end by halakha yud het and yud tet. Let's get to halakha yud het and yud tet, and from there, we'll understand what hirhur is, and this way we'll understand a little bit better for the halakha that we're going to need in halakha bit. Halakha yud het says the Bain Nishai, afapi shirhur ba'asakav mutar. Like we just said, even though it's permitted for one to think about his business dealings, yes, not everything is mutar to think about. There's things, for example, that you're even though you're not saying anything, Asur, you're only thinking about it, it'll still be forbidden. For example, you want to walk in your field on Shabbat. And to see what, what the field needs. Or you want to walk, let's make it a little bit practical, a case in our days. You have, a, you have somewhere, somehow, or some place that they're building for you. They're fixing maybe your house. Maybe they're fixing your store. And you walk by the store, you want to see the workers working on, Shabbat, on, on, uh, on the week on Shabbat. You want to see if they did their job either on the weekday or even they're working on Shabbat. All this is a sur to be done on Shabbat. What do you mean? You're not saying anything. You're just looking. You're not. You're only thinking. We said hirhur is mutar. Still, it's forbidden. We'll explain why soon. Ben Ishai explains, even though you're not saying anything wrong, you're just thinking about it. This is not asur midat hasidut. It's not an extra thing. This is forbidden medin. Why? Since you're walking. You're taking action by walking to a location that you normally will not walk on Shabbat. Therefore, it looks clear, it's clear that you're going to do something that is not mutar on Shabbat. So basically, like the way the words of Magin Abraham, the way he explains it and Mishnah Abraham brings it down, is that, I think, is that the only way that this thinking is asur is when everybody could tell what you th- that you think about something asur. Like we said over here, this is one example. You have a location where it's not in your neighborhood, and the work is, they finish working on Friday, and now you want to walk on Shabbat just to see what, it, what they did, what they did in the last week. So now you're walking by the place, and you're looking around. You're not saying anything, you're just looking around to see Okay, are the windows up? Did the guy do his job? Did they put up the, the, the foundation? Whatever it may be. Are you saying anything? No. Nobody knows what you're thinking, but still it's Asur. Why are you walking there? If it's down the block, I understand. Listen, you walk down the block, or it's on your way to shul, out of shul. It's on your way to your friend's house. And even though you're mechaven, you're really thinking that you want to walk by because you really want to check out on the house, that's mutar. It doesn't look like you're doing anything else. So it's on your way. But when you're going out of your way, you're going out of your neighborhood, in a place that you normally would not walk, it's clear that you're walking by your house to check up on the house. That type of thinking is forbidden. That's one example. Another example is as follows. Let's say here in our neighborhood, we have uh, a few avenues, which are known to be commercial avenues. Most avenues, they have houses in this uh, little Brooklyn over here that we have. But let's say by Kings Highway Avenue, um, I don't know, that's already, that's as far as my neighborhood goes. <laughs> Avenue M. There's stores around. And you heard there's a great sale. You heard about this before, Shabbat. Now you want to know if it's really true. You want to see or if the sign is still up. You know that there's a sale. So you walk out of your way by King's Highway to look at a store. So why why you stop? First of all, to stop to look at a store, clearly it shows that you want to check out the prices or you want to check out the sale. Now there's another issue of reading. We'll get to that you know, later on. But that's already a problem. Your action shows what you're thinking and what you're thinking about is Asur. That's Asur. But if you're walking down King's High because that's the way you go to shul, you live on Nordstrand, you live on Ocean Avenue, and you want to walk down to Ocean Parkway, and uh, you want to go to the Mir Yeshiva on Avenue R in Ocean Parkway. So on your way, you, want, you walk down King's Highway. As you're walking down King's Highway, you happen to notice something. That's fine. It doesn't look like it. Even if you're thinking about it, that's fine. But because your action doesn't show 
that you wanted to go look at it. That is the, the rule of thinking. Thinking about something forbidden on Shabbat is mutar min haddin, and only on the condition that it's not recognized, not clear from your actions that you're thinking about it. We could skip the rest of the halakha. Basically, we gave this, we gave the idea. And here, the Benish Hai gives examples from their days, but you know, the example that he uses over here is hiring a horse and carriage, which I don't think any of us are doing. So, we'll get to that afterwards. <laughs> they got. Okay, so that's what that's the one halakha. Next halakha about what you're allowed to think about on Shabbat is halakha yutet. Af al gab de medina im yoshem kumum mutar. Even though min halakha, if you want to sit home and you want to think about your business, you're thinking, you know, I should buy this merchandise, I should set up my store in this way, I should, you know, go after this client, I should get this account. Even though min din, it's mutar, like we said. Dibur is asur, hirhur is mutar. Mikol makom shumonik Shabbat. But now that's only mindin, the regular halakha. But there's another aspect over here, like we said in the Pasuk. You have to declare Shabbat as pleasure. And a pleasure of Shabbat, it's a mitzvah not to think about them at all. In your eyes, you should feel as your work is already completed. It's done. It's not you're done working already, even though. You know that you can go back Sunday or Motzei Shabbat right back to work. It doesn't make a difference. When it comes to Shabbat, Shabbat already is a different world. You quit your job. You 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 uh, graduated. You retired. It doesn't make a difference. You're done. Try to clear your mind from any sort of weekday business. Make a big deal out of this. But even Halakha, this is a time which is made for you to think about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. As the Sfarim bring down, Hazal bring down, that the why was Shabbatot and Yamim Tobim given to the Jewish people? It's not that we just, just eat and gain extra calories, so weight, uh, weight Watchers should make more money. We were given the Shabbaton and Yamim Tobim because we're busy during the weekday. We have to fulfill the curse of Adam Harishon. We're running after the things that we have to run after. Shabbat, you have none of that. Shabbat, everything is off. Not Now, Technically, you could still, uh, you know, misuse the day. You have nothing to do, so you're thinking about what to do uh, afterwards. That's not what Shabbat was given for. Again, you can't forbid it because the Torah says, Hirhur is mutar. Hazal said, Deber Dabar only is Asur. But still, you're, like we said last week, you take away the whole life of Shabbat from it. The purpose of Shabbat is, It's in order to inspire and to instill within us Love and fear for HaKadosh Baruch Hu with a great happiness. Sometimes you think about your work and you remember how your worker messed up that account with Walmart and he just lost 10 million dollars. It's not a good feeling to think about. So that is for sure Asur. That, even though we said Mahshabah is mutar, but Mahshabah that makes you worry, Mahshabah that brings you to sadness is Asur on Shabbat. On Shabbat, what's supposed to be for a person is to have a day of rest, of calmness, and peace of mind. That's what it really is. Peace of mind. I want to read you something that Ben Ishai quotes, and I believe in Halakha Dalit, but he doesn't quote it, but he says to look there. I'm going to read you something very important. Because like we said, Mahshabah is mutar, but even Mahshabah, which is mutam nadin, it's an it's important to see the Mekubalim say about Mahshabah on Shabbat and this is from Rabbi Haim Palachi Rabbi Haim Palachi was a rough is a Sfaradi from Turkey about 150 years ago and he says something amazing the Bain Nishai here quotes again doesn't quote but he says to look there I want to read a few inside Rabbi Haim Palachi writes in in Sefer Kafa Hayim the Perik I did not record right now I will look at it later on but he says the following Amruba Gemara on Shabbat, your words have to be different from the weekday. Because the way Hazal expressed it is that you're not allowed to speak about what you're going to do tomorrow. We'll speak about these details a little bit later on. But he says over here, listen to this. We have a tradition. A person who says, I'm going to do something on Shabbat. Even though in the case that's mutar, it's not a good siman. 
which means it's not going to work out so well. What's the reason? He says, On Shabbat, there's a special consolation that's there. He writes the same thing that what? He says, You're not going to be successful with any melacha, anything that, that a person does on Shabbat. We're not talking about that only the people on Mahalel Shabbat, that's for sure. We're talking about even, even Dibur, even speaking about something. And he says, not only speak about your work, which in the most cases could be a problem. He listen to these words. Even thinking, which we just explained according to the deen, according to Allah. Anybody who thinks about what he wants to do on Shabbat. Mean to say, on Shabbat, he's thinking what he wants to do for after Shabbat. There's no blessing in that Mahshabah. Because you thought about it on Shabbat. Says now, you might say, okay, Swaradi, we want to listen to him. One of first words, Mekubal. Number two is, you know where he gets this from? This is in the name of the Maharsha. The Maharsha is in the background of every Gemara. The Maharsha is one of the greatest Ahronim. And uh, we could go on to this, uh, and on to speak about the praises of the Maharsha, but everybody knows the Maharsha. If you don't know the Maharsha, then Rabbi Palachi is good enough already. You know that Mikubalim already means a lot. Even which you're, that we are allowed to think about, you should not think about it on Shabbat because it doesn't have a blessing with it. Maybe we could explain that's a Gemara. The Gemara says one time there's a Hasid Ahad, there's a certain rabbi who was known as a Hasid, meaning to say he always did things more than halakha. One time he was walking by his field, not because he was checking out his field, he needed some air, he wanted air out a little bit on Shabbat. He's walking by his field, he sees that he had a fence, and part of the fence was broken down, and he thought, you know, I want to I wanna fix it up. That's what he thought in his mind. According to halakha, he did nothing that's asur. But then he called himself, said, what am I doing on Shabbat? I'm thinking about what I'm going to do. In halakha, again, he did nothing forbidden. But still he decided, since I thought about it on Shabbat, I don't want to do it. And the Gemara says afterwards, there was a miracle that happened to him. That what happened is, it's Lafihad, it's a type of plant that grew over there and sealed up the fence. And Arizal explains that this rabbi was really a Gilgul of Slafhad. And there's a whole big, a lot of things going on over there in Kabbalah. But the point, the point that we're showing you over here, that, well, well, hold on, if it's mutar, what's the problem? Do it. So this is a big rule. Not everything that's mutar is recommended. That's a very, very important rule in all of these halakhot. Like we said in the beginning, we are going to, these halakhot are a little bit dangerous to speak about because a person could technically keep the halakhot of Shohan Aruch and still remove the Kedushah, the holiness of Shabbat. So that's why we said, and we're going to repeat it again and again, with every single case, even when we find a heter, I'm only going to quote what the poskim bring down, and that is, a person has to be careful when using the heter, and only use it when it's very, very necessary, or to be in the on others who use it, but for you, as far as yourself, to use it only when it's very necessary, and to be careful not to get uh, you know, carried away that might lead to other Isurim. And with all that, we saw already in Mikubalim being down, that there's no blessing, there's no Siman Beracha and all these things. And by us, we all know, we all run to Gedolim to get Berachot. We're always trying to do Segulot for Berachot. So why would you want to think about something that's not going to have a Beracha? So what should you do in order for your mind not to wander? You're right. You know, what are we supposed to think about? You know, so the answer is like Hazal tell us the days of Shabbat that we were given for the Jewish people in order to learn Torah and get closer to Hashem. Find yourself a class, find yourself a book to read, a halakha book or, or Torah book that means, and to read on Shabbat, keep your mind occupied and you won't come to think about those things. And this way you'll have blessing whatever you do. Let's come back now to halakha bit. Halakha bet, Benishai talks about something where seems to be very, you know, if you would ask a normal guy who may not be so learned in these halakhot, sounds like a big isur, but it'll be mutar based on the rules that we said. Let's read the case and the halakha, and then we'll explain the rules of how to do the halakha and why this halakha is the way it is. Says Benishai in halakha bet, Let's say you need your friend or a guy that is not your friend, you need somebody to come to your house, you need to hire them for some job to do for you. You can't tell him, come to my house tonight, 
you're commanding him, telling him, come to my house. And you're convinced that he should come to work. That's a problem. However, if you don't tell him, come to my house, you're just questioning, you know, in a way, kind of like this. You think he'd come over tonight as a question? Even though the guy knows. You go to the guy who's a taxi driver. You always use this guy to go to the airport. And now you tell him, Hey, um, David, what do you think about tonight? You think you come by tonight? And he knows. The only time you use him is for car service. It's mutar. Even though that's your kavana, but since you said it, why? There's two conditions over here. Number one is, you didn't mention anything about Melacha. You didn't tell him, come with your car. You didn't tell him, bring your equipment. Right, that, that he should understand. He didn't mention anything about Melacha anytime about driving it, say a word about Melacha. That's condition number one. Condition number two, it has to be done in a question form. You think you come to my house tonight? That case, in that way, it would be mutar to do such a thing. Like we said the story last week, but we got to be careful with this, right? Not to abuse it. And especially when sometimes you deal with people who are not learned. Let's say the taxi driver doesn't know halachot, and now you start thinking, you think you come tonight? Oh, you mean to pick you up to take you to the airport? That already ruins it. So then you can't get into discussion. Only when both of you are learning of the halakha, you could ask him by not mentioning a melakha. You, you could come to my house tonight. You could think you come by tonight. Then it will be mutar. Why? And then it says, based on all the rules that we said, the words that you speak on Shabbat are restricted. The Hazal told us what you're allowed to speak about and what you're not allowed to speak about. You are not allowed to speak about things are forbidden, like a melakha. But Hirhur, but Mahshaba is Mutar. And here, what did you say? You didn't say anything about Melacha. You asked the guy to come over. That's fine. But even though you're thinking about a Melacha, that is Halacha Bet. And now we'll move on to Halacha Gimel. Halacha Gimel. Halacha Gimel. <coughs> here, another. Heter of what a person is allowed to speak about on Shabbat and what he's not allowed to speak about. But before we get to the Heter, we first need a little bit of a background just to clarify this halakha. The background is we need to explain first concept called Tehum Shabbat. A halakhot, or a little bit of halakhot Tehum Shabbat. Tehum Shabbat is, uh, I don't know, maybe 10, 20, uh, not 20, but about 10, 15 simanim in Shohan Aruch of Eruv, uh, Tehumin, and all these things. So we're not obviously not going to do everything in one shot. We're just going to give a few little, just a simple quote, just we need for uh, small details that we need for the following halakha. Number one is, there is an Isum in HaTorah for a person to travel a certain distance outside the city. The Torah restricts a person, and according to some, it's Deoraita, according to some, it's Dirabanan. It's Everybody agrees it's based on the Pasuk. But the Hinuch brings it, that's in Isur Deoraita, even the Rambam. It's in Isum in HaTorah. That means wherever, whichever area you're there on Shabbat, whether it be the city or let's say you're in the desert by yourself on Shabbat, min Torah, only midoraita, Torah forbids a person to travel three parsa, three parsa, we can define what these measurements mean. Parsa is a certain measurement, it's a certain distance. You're not allowed to travel three parsa outside of your area. Again, your area could be the city that you live in, which means outside the outside your city. Beyond the city, you're not allowed to travel another three pasot. And if it's your area, that means if you're in the desert, there's no city. From where you are, you're for Amot, you're not allowed to travel three pasot. Min Torah. What is a parsa? What are three pasot? 
Each parasa, parasa is like saying basically yards and feet and inches, right? In order to have one foot, you need 12, 12 inches, make up a foot, three feet, make a yard, and so on and so forth. So same thing with measurement. Parsa is one parsa equals four meal. Okay. Each meal, how much is each meal? Each meal is a distance of 2,000 amma. Amot are, are measurements that the Hazal use left and right. And we spoke about them in the Sukkah a lot because they have obviously they're very connected. So amot are 2,000 amot. How much is amma? We said already once upon a time that there's a mahlukit between the Ahlul Nimitr between the Hazon Ish and Rav Haim of how big an Amma is. To make things very simple, I'm going to use the measurement that's closer to the Hazon Ish just for uh, mathematical reasons, not because that's a halakha, but just to make it easier to calculate. Let's say that each Amma is about two feet. So that means you're not allowed to travel three parasot outside the city Midoraita, it means they now let us travel to 48,000 feet outside the city. So wherever your city finishes, so let's say you live in New York City, wherever New York City finishes, Minhat Torah, you could walk outside New York City up to 48,000 feet. You know how much 48,000 feet is? Nine miles. So up to Minhat Torah, up to nine miles, Zilatu. But Hakami came and said, no, 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 hold on. You allow the guy to walk a little bit. He's going to walk a little bit more and he's going to do an Isu Doraita. Hazal, like always, the Torah commanded us, commanded the Hakamim to make sure that we don't come to do Isu Doraita. So Hakamim came and made a, a Gezerah de Rabbanan and they said, no, no, you can't travel outside the city what to show the Torah is. We're going to make an Isu Doraita. You can't travel outside the city 2,000 Amma. That's 4,000 feet. That's being very uh, gracious. That's according to all of, you know, that's very uh, mekil, 4,000 feet. It's about three quarters of a mile. You can go outside of the city about three, three quarters of a mile. That means wherever your city finishes, you can walk outside of it 4,000 feet. Fine. That's the Hachamim's Takana Gezerah of Tehum Shabbat. So most of us barely could walk to the end of the city when we talk about where it's practical. But if in case you have a city, let's say you go to the mountains, and over there in the mountains in the summer, you do have your bungalow colony over there that's considered like a city because it has more than three houses. So outside of your bungalow, bungalow colony, if you want to go to the other neighbor's house, if it's more than a mile, you have an issue. How to get around that, that's already you need to learn. That's not for us for now. We just want to know about the measurements. Now, once we got the halakhot, very simple again, up to nine miles, up to... 24,000 amma, that's three parsot. Midderabanan, you're only allowed to walk up to 2,000 ammot. That means you have to start by 2,000. Let me tell you two more halakhot that we need to know in order to get to, to understand the Benish Hai. Benish Hai brings, I mean, not the Benish Hai, the Shuhana Ruk brings down in Siman Shin Sadihait al He says, Kol bet dira shu Every Let's say you have a city, let's make bungalow colony A. And let's say you have a house where people live in it that's outside of the city. How far does it have to be in order to be considered part of the city? That you could say, this is still part of the city and I start measuring my 2,000 amot from that house. The answer is, if there was a distance of 70 amot and two-thirds, 70 amot and two-thirds, it comes out, again, being very, uh, with the more lenient opinion, with the opinion of the Hazonis, that's about 140 feet, which is 47 yards. It's less than half of, a, not even half a football field, I'm not counting the touchdowns over here, but that's 47 yards. If you have between that house and the city less than 47 yards, then... Or, or less than that, then you could say, this house will be considered part of the city. And therefore, this house allows me to extend my 2000 amot that I begin counting from that house onwards. So therefore, if I have, let's say my bungalow colony, it's called A. My bungalow colony, they have one house outside of it with Within 40 yards, that's great. 
that house now extends my 2,000 amot that I can, makes me close if I want to go in that direction. Another 2,000 amot, which is three quarters of a mile, I can still do it because that house basically, you know, is part of the city. That's one halakha. Another halakha that we need to know, and that is as follows. How many houses are you allowed to have like this? How many houses that are not really part of the city, but they're within close proximity of the city that we could have, that we could still consider part of the city? Says Shulhan Aruch in Halakha Vav, the next Halakha in Shemansin Sadihayit, he says, if you have such a, so many houses along the way, the distance, Ad Mahalakh Kamma Yamim, you could have thousands of miles, but you have all the houses along these miles, one after another within 47 yards of each other. Says the halakha, hakol ke'ir ahat. It's all considered like one big city. And when you want to measure the two thousand amot, you begin from that last house. So long as you house, as long as you have a house, and the definition of a house is any place that a person could sleep in it, within forty-seven yards to your city, then it could go on forever like this. These are the two halakhot that are in Shulchan Aruch. Another halakha that I didn't quote over here, but you should know about it. This house doesn't have to be made out of brick. doesn't have to be that last house that the big bad wolf couldn't blow down. This house could be even from the one that was, you know, from that first little pig that you could blow down. Which means it has to be, as long as it's a little hot, but it's usable for a person to sleep in it, like a sukkah kind of. It's technically considered a house. And, you know, we all know a sukkah you can put up in two seconds. It depends what sukkah, but you can pretty much put it up very quickly. And that would be considered a house as far as the Chod of Tehum Shabbat, which means if it's outside the city, within 47 yards, it's part of the city, and it extends my Tehum Shabbat that I could begin counting from that house and onwards. These are the two halakhot that we needed to understand the following halakha. Let's come back to Chod Shabbat of what to speak about on Shabbat. We said, you're not allowed to speak about things on Shabbat which you cannot do on Shabbat. Even if you want to speak about something that you're going to do on Sunday if or Monday or Tuesday, anything later on in the week, it's not a problem of hachana. You're allowed to speak about what you can do on Sunday Monday as long as you don't speak about something that's a suit to do on Sunday or Monday. You can't say that on Monday I'm going to buy a new pair of shoes. That's a sur. But you're allowed to say on Monday I'm going to visit my grandma if your grandma is within you know, where you live. Here, listen to this halakha. The halakha says as follows. The halakha says, Mutal A person is allowed to tell his friend, I'm planning to go to a certain city tomorrow. You're allowed to say that. Not only that, you're allowed to tell him, I want you to come with me tomorrow. I'm going to a certain city. Let's make it a little bit more, uh, you know, with better examples. Let's say here, we're living here in New York City, in Brooklyn. You're allowed to say, I'm going to Florida tomorrow. You want to come with me to Florida tomorrow? That you're allowed to say. Florida? How in the world do you get to Florida? There's no way you can get to Florida. You're not walking to Florida. So what are you going to do? You're going to fly. To fly to Florida? That's a surah on Shabbat. Yeah, but I didn't mention anything about flying. It's mutar. So what do you think? People are going to walk to Florida? There's no way people are going to walk to Florida. You're right. But since technically it's possible to walk to Florida on Shabbat, the rule is that anytime I could do it behetir, Anytime I could do what I'm talking about in a permitted way, I'm allowed to speak about it, even though my intention is not to do it in a permitted way. Let's give this case of Florida. I want to go to Florida during the week. I have tickets already reserved, and I'm taking already my airplane. I'm going to Florida. There's no question I'm going by airplane. I'm not even driving there. Going by airplane is a suit to, be, it's a suit to do on Shabbat. I can't tell you that I'm flying to Florida. I can't tell you I'm traveling to Florida. Traveling means I'm traveling either by car, by train, by bus, or by airplane, or by ship. Some people still do that. That you can't say. You can say I'm going to Florida, because technically, you could walk to Florida. Oh, you're going to ask me in one second. We just learned the halakha. You're not allowed to walk outside the city, 2,000 amot. Florida is way further than 2,000 amot. So how in the world do you get to Florida? Even on Shabbat, you can't walk to Florida. Once you go outside of New York City, in fact, we can learn soon, possibly even outside of uh, going on the Brooklyn Bridge even, for sure the Verrazano Bridge, right? Once you walk there, it's going to be a problem. How in the world are you going to walk? It's not, it's not physically possible to walk to Florida. I mean to say from a halakha point of view. And the answer is, there is a possibility. You know how? 
Let's say we would set up huts along the way from New York City all the way to Florida. We'd set up these little huts all the way, all the way each one within 47 yards of each other. What do we say to say beforehand? As long as I have a hut, as long as I have a burgan, but Hazar called this a burganin, like a sukkah, as long as I have a place where somebody could sleep there, even though it's not there now, but since it's possible to be done, then I could speak about it on Shabbat again on the condition that I'm not saying anything that's forbidden. I can't say I'm traveling, I can't say I'm flying, I can't say I'm driving, I have to say I'm going. Going can mean any which way. And therefore, I could tell also my friend, you want to come with me to Florida. Because technically, it could have been done on Shabbat. That is the rule. That's the halakha over here. That's not the halakha of the minister. That's only, that's the halakha of Shohan Aruch. It's a Gemara even on Shabbat. It's a Gemara even, the Gemara talks about this. Lech amil krach paloni. You could come, come with me to the city. But again, the conditions are, I have to be able to do it in a mutar way, in a permitted way. And I cannot speak about anything forbidden that even though we both understand that we're told that we're going to fly on Shabbat, we're going to fly after Shabbat. Everybody knows I have a private jet. I'm like the president of the United States. I have Air Force Two. So therefore, I'm allowed to speak about it on Shabbat as long as I don't mention anything about the jet. I don't mention anything about the plane or about traveling. But in a case where it's impossible to be done, I can't say I'm going to Israel. Why not? Because how, how else can you get to Israel? Swimming? You can't swim on Shabbat. Even though swimming on Shabbat is assumed midirabanan, it's forbidden to speak about anything that you can't do even midirabanan on Shabbat. Even something that's asur midirabanan, you cannot speak about on Shabbat. So I can't say I'm going to, to, to Israel on, uh, on Monday. You want to come with me to Israel on Monday? Even I'm speaking to myself, I can't say to myself, oh, yes, I'm going to Israel on, on Monday. I'm speaking to myself, nobody's listening to me. I'm talking to my mirror, my best friend, right? The only person who doesn't argue with me. So I'm talking to myself, it doesn't make a difference. You can walk to, to, to Israel on Shabbat. The only way you can get to Israel is by doing something asur, either swimming, traveling by ship, traveling by, by airplane, which is what you're probably going to do, or I don't know how you can travel by car, right? So therefore, you can't speak about it, even though you're not speaking to anybody else, you're speaking to yourself, it is forbidden. Why? Because you technically cannot do it on Shabbat. But if it can be done on Shabbat, for example, I'm going to Florida, I'm going to California, even though they're very far, if you say I'm going to uh, Jersey that is permitted to be spoken about on Shabbat, even telling your friend to come with you as long as you don't mention any halakha. Question? Okay. Here brings, we have, uh, we just hinted to a certain halakha that somebody maybe we should be um, aware of it a little bit more. And that is, let me just give, give the numbers actually one more time if anybody would like to call in. It's 718. 683-5858 Those are, that's a number if you would want to call in if you have any question in halakha or what we're talking about or what um, what's it called even if we're not we're talking about we suggest that or we recommend that you do it after the class 347-927-8398 is a number to text in any question that you have question comes up is and this question really bothered me a few years ago I thought I found a heter and just recently I came up to a sefer that brings not so pashut. Could a person travel to Manhattan from Brooklyn on Shabbat? How? Not by driving, of course. We're talking about walking. Could you walk from Brooklyn to Manhattan on Shabbat by walking on, you know, you could walk on the Brooklyn Bridge or vice versa. Could you walk from Manhattan to Brooklyn? I'll tell you a story that happened with us. We are in Yeshiva one time and one of the Rebbeim in Yeshiva was having a Shalom Zachar. Shalom Zachar is basically, uh, they get together on Le Shabbat, Ashkenazim, when they have a baby boy, and they, you know, I don't know if they have Lechayim, but they have the chickpeas, that I remember. Okay, so we went to uh, Shalom Zachar by our, uh, one of our Rebbeim, and one of our friends was clearly missing, and he lives right there in the neighborhood. And we're there for, you know, this, you go to the Shalom Zachar way after the meal, we're already maybe four hours into Shabbat, it was a long Friday night, it was one in the new winter, and all of a sudden our friend walks in, wearing a baseball cap, and uh, wearing his weekday clothing. And what happened to him? He says he was driving, he got stuck in the city, out of Shabbat, and the only option was, either, you know, in order not to be Mahalei Shabbat, he pulled, he remembered that he had a friend living in the city, he pulled over, and he went to their house, he dropped off the car, of course he parked it, he gave them the keys, they gave him a baseball hat, he was scared to walk with the keeper for some reason, and he decided to walk. He knew the streets of Brooklyn, and he walked all the way, I think from like 40th or 50th Street in the city, all the way to Brooklyn, all the way to Flatbush, that is. 
Uh, obviously, how do you get here? You walked over the bridge. Question is that permitted on Shabbat? Why not? Well, the city, the definition of a city is not what we would call a city. If it's on the map, it's called a city. If the mayor decides to call it one city, it's one of the boroughs of the city. A city is defined, like we said beforehand, by the way the houses are situated. If you have a house that's more than 47 yards away, that's not part of the city anymore. There's definitely more than 47 yards between Brooklyn and Manhattan. And how long is a bridge? Is a bridge 2,000 amot or more? Is it more than three quarters of a mile? I think so. For sure the Verrazano, but, but the Brooklyn Bridge also is more than three quarters of a mile. So how are we walking from Brooklyn to Manhattan and from Manhattan to Brooklyn on Shabbat? We're walking outside the city, which is, let's say, from Manhattan to Brooklyn. We're walking outside Manhattan, more than 2,000 amot. And I don't think anybody's putting up Arub Tehumin over there. So what's the heter? Is there a heter or not? Originally, I saw a heter that's brought down by Mishneh Halachot. Mishneh Halachot is the Ungvar Rav Zatzal. Rabbi Nasheh Klein, Zechat Sadiq Lebracha. He used to live here in Brooklyn, in Borough Park, and then he moved to Erisa in the last years of his life. Anybody who is familiar with Hakam Vad Yasferim, you saw... He, you see that he quotes him a lot. If you're familiar with Halakha, you'll know how important Mishneh Halakhot is, one of the great poskim of our generation. He passed away not so long ago, I think about five, six years ago on Rosh Hashanah. So the Mishneh Halakhot, I don't remember where it was. I remember seeing it clearly. He says it's mutar for the following reason. He said that he, they told him, and it's true, when you drive in the tunnel, you ever see those booths in the tunnel? So the booth in the tunnel over there is where people are supposed to be there technically or it allows people to be there. He says since people could technically be there on Shabbat, so that's considered like a burgan, that's considered like the little hut that connects it to the city. And since there's many of these booths along the way of the tunnel, that is a heter why people could even use the bridge because the city of Manhattan and the city of Brooklyn are connected to each other. It's all considered part of one city. And therefore, even though you're walking above the water and the tunnels inside the water, that is permitted to be done on Shabbat. That is the opinion of the Mishneh Halachot. That's how he is Melamed Zechut for people walking from Brooklyn, Manhattan, vice versa. Why? Because the tunnel with the boots in the tunnel connects them. Now, you can tell me beforehand, we said it's possible to put boots. This is all, when we said it's possible to, that's only to talk about on Shabbat. When it's possible to be done by you're allowed to speak about it on Shabbat as long as you don't mention Melakha. But to actually physically walk from Brooklyn to Manhattan, it's only mutar if there's actually real boots over there and there's people there. According to Mishael Chod, as long as people can be there, it's mutar. However, recently I came across Shud Shevet Halevi, also one of the great poskim of our generation, Rab Shmuel Halevi Wozner from Nebrak. Also, Shevet Halevi is, uh, I think, 11, 12 volumes on Halakha. Again, always quoted by the poskim Shevet Alevi and I saw something very interesting he got a, he gets the question from one rabbi in, in, in America who asked him this question about the Brooklyn Manhattan Bridge and the rabbi who writes in the question says he wants to be Matirit however Shevet Alevi didn't like the proofs that this rabbi brings and he himself said you know what I don't like what you bring I don't feel that I could be Matir based on the proofs that you bring but at the same time, he says, I don't want to be Osir. Why? Because I don't live in America. And you have rabbis in America, let the rabbis deal with it. So therefore, he said, don't put me on the side of the poskim that say mutal. Don't put me on the side of the poskim that say asur. If I was living there, I could give a psaq. It seems like it's asur. But I don't live there. So therefore, ask your rabbis that are in America. They live in the place. They know the area better. I don't, I, I, I'm staying out of it. You learn a lot from the Shebet Halevi. Number one is... By the way, keep in mind, Shebet Levi is, uh, uh, there's a Chuban Yabiyah Omer, which he quotes Shebet Levi of a book from about 75 years ago. That's how already, he was already being quoted in Halakha from 75 years ago. So that's, he's a, for sure one of the biggest post game. And still, he said, well, you have rabbis? They know the area. I'm not in the city. I'm not in the, in the area. I'm staying out of it. Let the Gidolim in your area deal with it. Even though he could have given Pesach Kalakha very easily and <laughs> permitted Orbi Oser, he let he said he's not there, he doesn't want to get himself involved in it. This is basically the issue. Could you walk or could you not walk? There is Heterim, at the same time there are people who are Osrim. If a person has a situation where he has to walk and he has to cross a bridge, just make sure you ask your Rav and see what your Rav holds. There are ways this way and there's ways that way. 
you should ask your local rav, you should ask him what the psak halakha of what your, I say minhag is, but what your rav is going to be posek in that area. One more small little detail before we get to the next halakha on Shabbat. The, the Hesel Alafim, who is the author of Pele uh, Yo'etz, Papo, he says that there's a minhag amongst people that they say, which is done really by Meha Aretz, and he says there's no hit therefore in halakha, we're just pointing it out, because some maybe uh, may not be familiar with it. He says, people come, they talk about things that are forbidden to be done on Shabbat, but they add the words, Beli Amirat Shabbat, without talking about Shabbat, and then they go on, they talk about all the things that are forbidden on Shabbat. He says, that's complete nonsense. That's minhag of Burim and Amir Aret. What does it mean, Beli Amirat Shabbat? What do you think? You can just declare, I'm not going to be Mahalat Shabbat and get into a car? That's silly. You think you can just say, I'm not going to talk about things forbidden on Shabbat and then talk about things that are forbidden on Shabbat. There's a term even that's famous, everybody knows it, Nish Shabbos Garet. It means nothing, Nish Shabbos Garet. And then you go and talk about something Asur. If it's Asur, you can't talk about it. It doesn't make a difference what introduction you give before you speak about it or after you speak about it. So we just wanted to point that out. You can't speak anything about something that's forbidden by introducing that's forbidden. The only way it's muta, like we said, is by not mentioning any melacha. And also by not commanding somebody to do something that's forbidden. These are up to now, we did two halakhot, halakha bet and gimel. Move on now to halakha dalit. Halakha dalit is pretty quick. Says Ben Yishai in halakha dalit. Afilu besihad debarim betalim she'en bahim zekhra atziyat melakha klal. Even talk about things that have nothing to do with something forbidden on Shabbat. Asul leharbo ba Shabbat. He can't talk too much about it on Shabbat. Why? Kedesh lo yed debaro ba Shabbat kedebaro bechol. Because you, your words on Shabbat should not be like the way you the way you speak on Shabbat should not be like the way you speak during the weekday. We mentioned this last week's class that Hazal didn't say talk about this and talk about that. It says Don't let your words on Shabbat be like the way you speak about during the week. Uh, excuse me. Don't speak on Shabbat like the way you speak during the weekday. So therefore, you're not even though you're not talking about any melachot, it's still you cannot speak about things that are not Shabbat talk. And people who enjoy talking about the news. And again, they're not talking about melachot. They enjoy talking about the news. They enjoy talking about stories and and things that develop in the world. They enjoy it. And they're not talking about anything that's forbidden. Of course, we're not talking about Lashon Ra. We're talking about regular, kosher, basically kosher weekday talk. And we're not mentioning any melacha. The Ben Yishai brings over here the heter of the Ramah, that you're allowed to speak about it, but you can't speak too much about it. This, however, is debated. A lot of poskim don't like this opinion of the Ramah. A lot of Ahronim argue on the Ramah in this halakha. And they say, no, it's not a, just because you enjoy it. It's not so simple that you can talk about it. The Ramah even goes further, Ben Shai doesn't bring here. The Ramah says that if you don't enjoy it, but somebody else enjoys it, you're, you're allowed to speak about it. And again, the Haranim don't like it so much. So therefore, we tell you, like we say with almost all these things, that if you don't enjoy it, for sure you shouldn't speak about it. If somebody else enjoys it and you feel that it's going to give him a little bit of honor Shabbat just to get him into the Shabbat, you know, atmosphere, it could be maybe you're dealing with somebody who's newly observant or some guest to just, you know, make him feel comfortable in the house, whatever it may be, fine. But in general, if it's if it's nothing to do with spirituality, on Shabbat, try to avoid it. Again, even though it's muta, but try to avoid it. The Zohar brings down that when Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai's mother would talk about something on Shabbat, even though it's permitted, but it wasn't spirituality, the Zohar would tell him, Ima Shabbat Hayom. And right away, Shabbat Hayom, she would stop right away. This Adkan, we spoke about the Hitterim. I want to read you now something from the Shlah. This is very, very sharp, the words of the Shlah. He says, you know, I don't know if it's, uh, we should, yeah, let me just read a few lines. It's really very sharp. If you want to see the Shlah, the Shlah is in Parashat Vayakhel. Excuse me, not the Shlah, sorry. This is the Al-Sheikh, Moshe Al-Sheikh, who lived in the time of the Beit Yosef, who lived in the time of the Arizal, this is in, in Sfat over there. If you go to, to the cemetery in Sfat, you see the Al-Sheikh's Kever. The Al-Sheikh was a Darshan, was known as the, uh, basically the, the pulpit rabbi, but of course he was a huge Tamir Hakam in the times of Maram Bet Yosef. And he writes in this Pirush in Parashat Vekel the following, he says, 
ובכלל הדבר הזה תגדל אשמת המשתעשעים ביום השבת לקרוא בספרי סיפורי מלכים ומלחמותיהם ביום השבת ומתענים לומר כי הוא עונג שבת. He is criticizing basically those who talk about the news and all the different things and the wars and everything that's going on in, on the weekdays and they talk about it on Shabbat and they say listen I enjoy it on Shabbat. He says ואוי להם כי היו כבלעת הקודש בשיחת חוליהם ואת קדוש ישראל נעצו כי עשוהו בהבליהם. He says woe to them they're angering at them all this. והם בהמה הם עליהם כי בין קודש לחול לא הבדילו they're not distinguishing between weekday and the Shabbat ויהי להם שומר שבת מחללו כפועל בטל עבלי לא שכר בעמלו. And they think that Shabbat is as long as you sit and you don't go to work and that's good. People think, or the people in this time, that Shabbat is that Hashem wants to give us a break. Hashem feels bad for us. We're working too hard. Hashem says, you know what? Take Shabbat off. So basically Hashem gave us a break from our physical labor on Shabbat. Great, if it's made for my pleasure, if Shabbat is made for me to enjoy, guess what? I enjoy talking about these things. I enjoy talking about uh, those things are the news that's going on. He says afterwards, So that's not the idea of Menuha. Think about it, Rabotai. When we said that God created the world in six days, and then He rested on Shabbat. A simple question. How did God create the world? Did He take uh, a screwdriver, or He took a drill and some nails? How did He create the world? Hashem, you know how He created the world? With His words. And from those words, what does it say in the Torah? On Shabbat, he took a break. From what? What did you do? That's Asur. You just spoke. That's exactly. It's not an idea of working or not working. You can have the easiest job and still. It's still, that's you're not allowed to do. The idea of Shabbat is like here. And all this funny bring down like that Sheikh brings down. It's a day for the soul. It's a day where you put away the weekday things in order that your soul should connect to Hadosh Baruch Hu. That's the purpose of it. So it's not just what you enjoy, it's what your Neshama enjoys. Your Neshama enjoys spirituality, Torah, and Mizvot. And this will stop over here, but that Shem will continue next week, Wednesday, live. If anybody has a question, you can call into the station. We're here for another 5-10 minutes. 718-683-5858 and we'd like to give a thanks to Avnissim and J-Root Radio and the whole J-Root Radio staff. This show will be on again tonight on jrootradio.com at 11pm to 12am. We'll see you again next week. Till then, have a wonderful week and Shabbat Shalom.